And I've got a client, he was one of our first clients, he's still one of our biggest clients now. He's very experienced in business, he's always been a bit of a mentor as well. And, and quite often he'll, he'll say, just remember where you were when we started business like two years ago and, and where you are now. It's important just to reflect back on it. You're listening to The Bookkeeper's Podcast, sponsored by Zero. I use Zero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients' accounts and I love it. If you haven't tried it yet, head over to zero.com with an X and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Zero's partner program to join their amazing community forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi and welcome to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood and Dave Shannon. Hi Dave, how are you? Yeah, morning Zoe. Good, thanks. You? Yeah, we are good, aren't we Joe? We are very, very, very good on this very sunny day in September. Uh, welcome to boot camp, Dave. Oh my goodness. It feels like it's been a long time since we've had a good old chat. Yeah, it has. We're overdue a good catch up, definitely. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about your business and what's changed today in Bookkeepers Bootcamp Week. We're talking about growing a practice and this is a really good conversation for today just to hear about like what's changed in your business. You've been on the podcast before and um, you've got a really interesting history and background and I'd love to start, if that's okay, Dave, just um, could you give us a little bit of a background about how you became a bookkeeper, please? Yeah, sure. No worries. So um, pre-bookkeeping days, I was a driving instructor, which is where the, the driver head name came from. Um, so I spent 17 years doing that, but it got to the stage where I was a little bit bored and fed up with it. So I was looking at other options. Um, when I was young, I almost did a council at university, um, but I didn't. I chose primary school teaching, totally different uh, avenue at the time. Um, and just thought it'd be interesting to explore that avenue again, but the sort of stage of, my, of life that I'm at, the commitments I've got with family, mortgage, all that sort of stuff, it wasn't practical to go down the, the accountancy route and sort of do open university and going at the bottom. So the bookkeeper was sort of that midway point. Um, got a good friend who's a bookkeeper, so I had a good chat with her and that sort of pros and cons. And then, yeah, did, did my qualifications alongside the job. Um, and then lockdown, uh, COVID and lockdown came at a great time. So it gave me time to just 100% focus on getting the qualifications done and then set up practices in June 2020. Wow. So, okay, 17 years as a driving instructor. Can I ask, was you an employee or was you a self-employed driving instructor? I'm self-employed. So there's very few employed driving instructors. There's a handful around the country. The majority of those that work for franchises are self-employed. Um, so I run the school. I still do. I've got three instructors that still work for me, um, but they're all self-employed. They just pay it on a franchise basis. So, so for those seventeen years, you were self-employed, but then you actually built a driving school. So you became a proper business owner at one point. So that's a yep. real big shift. You know, we talk about people pivoting from employment roles but you were already a business owner. So what was, was it a case you just wanted to change and you were a business owner and you saw the, like, did you see the issues you had as a business owner and how a bookkeeper and having that knowledge would help? Yeah, um, I think as a driving instructor, when you get trained, you train how to be an instructor. You never get trained how to be a business owner. Um, and I did, I went on to write a book after I qualified as an instructor. I did write a book about that for driving instructors. Um, but yeah, there's no business advice. People literally go, there you go, you qualified as an instructor, get on with it. People don't realise <laughs> that's the one. Um, yeah, people don't realise that they're going to be a business owner, they've got responsibilities, they've got to understand their accounts, and there's certainly a need for that. And initially, if 
from first handful of clients were driving instructors. I was yeah, I was going to ask you that. Did you did you you know obviously you've got the name of the uh, company Driver Head Bookkeeping, mm-hmm. and you um, were a driving instructor, and you had some self-employed people working for you as subcontractors. Did you, when you set up your practice, did you have in mind that you were going to, because not many people have a niche before they get started. Was that mm-hmm. the goal? Was it a goal to be the the bookkeeper for driving instructors? Um, not not necessarily, no. It was always sort of an easy in to get a few clients early days. Um, but in terms of business point of view, they're, they're quite small. They tend to be either once a year self-assessment jobs or very small monthly jobs. So it, I think it would have been a case that would have needed hundreds and hundreds to make it a sustainable business. Um, so yeah, it was always in the back of my mind to, to look after them, but never as a, a sort of a, as a niche as such. And what? So how has that evolved then as you've grown your client base? What kind of businesses do you look after now? Um, a huge variety. So we, we don't niche at all at the moment. So we've got a few trades: plumbers, electricians. Um, uh, we've got a social housing company who provide housing for um, like shelter accommodation sort of thing. We've got a couple of manufacturers. We're just speaking to a client or potential clients at the moment to create uh, warehouses. So they bring them in from Norway and create a, a warehouse with like a UPVC wrap to it. So, yeah, but big, big variety, really. And OK, so you say you don't niche industry wise. Yeah. Are there any kind of things that you have as non-negotiables with your clients is there any software that you use or is there personality types or do you, or location? Is there anything else that you feel like you are, you differentiate your client base with? Mm-hmm. We're, we're pretty much a, a zero practice. I would say 95% or maybe more are zero practices. We've got a couple on free agent and we've got one of our members of staff that sort of come from industry that uses free agents. So she, she deals with that now. And then we've got a couple on QuickBooks that are just finishing the year end and we are going to transfer those across to zero. Um, I think it's good just for, for us to know one software and to know it well because there's so many changes going on. Um, I think it's important just to keep on top of one. Um, mm. And it's difficult. When I qualified, as probably most did, uh, all the ICB qualifications were done on Sage, so it's desktop Sage. And then I qualified, it's like, oh, well, no one really uses that. It's all online stuff. So I spent a while sort of trying out the different types um, and sort of settled with zero. Um, we use a bit of Dext and a bit of HubDoc, depending on the size of the client. Um, I think Dext is great, but it's quite expensive for the smaller clients. Um, so HubDoc tends to do those pretty well. Um, Location-wise, um, we have got a few outside the area. So I've got clients in Warsaw. I've got a couple of clients in London, and they've come from Recommend. It's not somewhere I'd sort of go looking for the business. It's just um, referrals from current clients. But the majority are local. Now, I like that because I like to visit the business and get involved with the business owners um, just to understand them a little bit more. And I think that face-to-face is still quite important. Mm. Yeah. Dave, you st- I'm right to think you did all your exams in COVID times, like yeah. 2020. Yeah. Do you realise, like, talking about your client base and, like, oh, we've got clients here and there and they do this and we've learned this and this, did you think you'd be here in three years' time? Not at all, no. I didn't think I'd be here in 12, like 12 months ago. It's it's incredible what you've been able to do. Like, it, you know, we were doing, when we were um, in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club last night at boot camp, we ran a session and we were talking about limiting beliefs. We were talking about pricing, the things that the setting ourselves goals, fear of setting goals. Um, mm-hmm. And 
I think that you have just demonstrated how in a really short time you can completely change a, a huge, a vast amount of experience and history, like a, go from one business, which you still run successfully, to start a whole new business. You're talking about your team, which we'll ask you about. You've got all these clients. You've learned all this mm -hmm. stuff. This is totally possible. And um, I hope you've like been able to sit back and say, whoa, like I've done so. Yeah. And like you wrote a book. You wrote a book, Dave. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, well done. It's, it's really incredible. And I think it just, you know, we've been having these conversations all week and it really strikes me how much you've done. It, it's really impressive. Yeah, thank you. Um, it, it's just one of those every now and again, you, you sort of look back and go, geez, we, we, that's where we've come from. And you sometimes don't realise it while you're on that journey. Things are happening and you bring, bring on new clients and doing new things and, and you don't always notice what's going on. Uh, and I've got a client, he was one of our first clients, he's still one of our biggest clients now. And he, he's very experienced in business. He's, he's always been a bit of a mentor as well. And, and quite often he'll, get, he'll say, just, just remember where you were when, when we started business like two years ago and, and where you are now. Um, and uh, it's important just to reflect back on it. It really is. I mean, Dave, did you have doubts when you started? And did you have some limiting beliefs? Like what was going through your mind? So obviously you were forced into a corner. I'm assuming when the when COVID happened, you couldn't really do driving instruction. Oh, I know you can't actually, because I had a 17 year old son <laughs> at the time who couldn't do his lessons. So you couldn't do that. And then even when you did go back, I mean, you they were in masks all the time. It was very, it was difficult. Yeah, it was so, yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a nice experience. So do you think if that hadn't have happened, did you still have the drive or did it force you? Because did you have any beliefs of, can I really do this? What was going on in your mind? I think, like you say, we had to stop teaching. Um, we did get looked after the, the size grants that came through. So from a financial point of view, it was, it was okay during that period. So it wasn't, the pressure wasn't on. Um, but yeah, certainly it gave me that opportunity to build the business. Uh, and I, I think possibly if COVID hadn't happened, it would have happened, but maybe taken a lot longer because uh, I was earning okay. Um, driving instructor wasn't wasn't a bad wage. Um, I was getting through the qualifications, but yeah, it did force me into, right, let, let's get on with it a little bit more. But then I had its own challenges and okay, well, I'm qualified, but I can't go out and meet anyone. There's, there's COVID, all the networking groups are online, which are a bit limiting. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both really. So, okay, so yeah, so it gave you an opportunity. You were able to really pivot and do something that you hadn't planned to do in. So we were talking yesterday about how do you go out and get your first clients and get that experience when you've never done this before? Now, you were a business owner, so I suppose you had, you know, experience of being a business owner, which was good. But how did you find your first five clients? Where did they come from? Um, so some were social media, so like you say, because of the business I was in, the driving school, I put posts on local groups and I picked up a handful of clients there. But I say because of the nature of that, their business, it's never going to make a huge amount of money. Um, I picked up um, an electrician, uh, again, through social media, just a guy I'd known for a few years from the local rugby club. And then um, the guy I was talking about, the social housing guy, that was a little bit fortunate. So he was just setting up. His brother-in-law was a driving instructor and he just happened to say to his brother-in-law, I don't suppose you know any bookkeepers. And he said, oh, I have a chat with Dave. Uh, and that's where that came from. So a little bit of fortune there. I think, um, you know what though? I don't think it is fortune. It's about making sure that people know that's what you do. And so yeah. that conversation wouldn't have happened. I think for a lot of people, they can get referrals if only people know that they're, they're the person who can help. 
yeah, it says having that presence. Uh, say I posted quite a lot on social media at the time just to say I was setting up and, and what was going on. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely because of the social media. That's that's amazing because it is hard to get yourself out there right in those early days. And I think what you you know what you did was talk about your journey and. People don't care that you're brand new at it because you still know more than they do. So, and that's that's the thing. And they knew as well in the local area that you were the driving instructor. And then now you're doing this. People don't care. We we yeah. put all these things on us that, oh my goodness, like they're gonna know that I'm new at this. People people just know that you know more than them. And that's all they that's all they're bothered about. It's really interesting. What do you what would you say um in those early days, you know, what was your biggest what was the hardest thing that you had to do? Did you find it hard to go out there and post on social media or because you had those business skills already? Or did you did you have any wobbles and think, I'm really new at this? Did, did you have any of those fears? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a totally different thing, advertising business to business rather than business to customer. So the driving school is really easy. If you had to have a quiet patch, you could just go on Facebook, you're right. We're going to put an ad out to 17, 18 year olds in Stoke. It's dead easy. Whereas trying to target business owners was a totally different thing. So I did go out and I tried Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads, but with very little results. Um, And it did take a lot of learning, just trying to change the way I thought about it. And obviously I came along and joined the the Six Figure Bookkeeper Club um, to start getting ideas there. And it it just sort of grown. But yeah, those early days were very difficult. What do you think was the like turning point for you? Was it did was there a moment or was it like a cumulative change? Um, I think some of it was just learning things like with you guys, just being consistent on social media. Um, so there's a lot of guests you've had in the past that have talked about that, and, and we tried to implement that. That has got by the wayside a little bit recently, just because we got so busy. But as we bring in staff on, those sort of things are becoming a priority again. And uh, now we get a little bit of time. Um, uh, and also networking was a, a big change for me in the business. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, getting yourself out there, talking about what it is that you're doing. And I suppose as you get the clients, your confidence grows, as you're performing and like delivering on the service that you say you can do, you know, all these things. And it, you do sometimes just need time, don't you, to get that momentum. So yeah. so you started in 2020, or you did your qualifications in 2020. Mm-hmm. What does, like in that short, you know, three years time, what does your business look like now? How many clients do you have? And um, what does your team look like? So we've gone from um, obviously just myself to now is my wife is full time. Um, we've got a lady starting full time in October. She's doing a little bit part time at the minute. And then we've got a lady who's um, sort of ad hoc. She works with another business and just does stuff with us as and when we need it. Um, We've gone from me working at home on a desk about this big to we've got the office, um, which we're about to outgrow. Uh, we're still at six months on the lease, but we need to look for another one. Wow, um, that's amazing. <laughs> and then, yeah, this current year that we're in, we're looking to probably turn over three times what we turned over last year. Wow, Dave, that's incredible. And that that's really good to see as well, because I think that we get to those, like... I don't know, like getting a bigger office and things like that. Those are stages where it's like, oh, can we do this? But when you're seeing that change in the turnover, and I know your cost base is changing too with your staffing, but you have to sort of project what's this going to look like when I've got, you know, X number of clients, how many people do I need? And doing, working out, well, actually, when are we going to be ready for that? So when did you decide 
who was the first person you brought into your team and what was it that made you realize you needed to do that um so it's my wife becky um so she started about 12 months ago from now um originally on a part-time basis she worked in school so she dropped her hours to part-time at school and did sort of two to three days with me and initially the aim was to do admin stuff so keep on top of emails a bit of data entry scanning that sort of thing but as she started to sort of like, oh, quite enjoy this so she started to do qualifications as well um and then at the time so i'm not really enjoying school anymore it's so, okay by christmas we'll make it full-time which we did so she, she gave a notice in, in december then started full-time in january that's amazing i know that it was a aim and a goal of yours to do that so when it when you achieved it it's amazing it's lovely to see you and becky at events together um it, it's so lovely so <clears throat> how do you make that work i as a as someone who has worked with my husband I mean, it's, we've now just stopped working together, which is the first time in years and years and years. And it's going to be hard to get out of that habit of working together. And um, even though we're both still working from home, mm -hmm. what like has it changed your relationship at all? Is it better? Like, how do, do you both work in the office or how does it work like family life? Has it given you some more freedom to, to be able to like look after the kids and work around each other? Um it's a bit of a mix we've always gone really well we've, we've worked in quite a few jobs over the years like we met working at mcdonald's as teenagers so, so um yeah we, we've worked together for, for a long time and then we did call center jobs and then we sort of went separate ways for a little while i was doing the driving school she worked from home for a little while um but yeah we, we just get on really well um we, we have a lot of respect for each other so we know each other's strengths and weaknesses um so generally that I'm a lot more experienced on the bookkeeping side, so I still take the lead on the business. But Becky has a lot of input and she's involved with the choices we're making in the business. And I think it's good to have that someone to feed back to because so so often you'll have all these thoughts and you have, oh, I don't know, maybe should we do this? Should we try this? Or shall I look at this software or that one? And it's good to have someone that you can just go, what do you reckon to this? And just to feed back on. Um, yeah. It's good to have that sounding board, isn't it? But for someone that understands really what it means for your family, you know, it's not somebody, an employee that it's not going to affect. It's really nice to have have that input. Um, so what is like the core services that you offer your clients? What what do you do for your clients? What's your like gold standard? Mm -hmm. um, so we try and offer a full account service where we can. So um, for, the, for the larger clients, we do sometimes three weekly bookkeeping, depending on the size of them, um, fat returns, payroll, um, CIS, uh, we do management reports, starting to look into doing cash flow forecasts. Um, so what we're, what the, the aim is, is, is for those, certainly the bigger clients, is to be a whole finance function for them. Um, we, we took on a client recently, um, I think it's back in May, they'd had an in-house accounts person for 10 years. Um, and then they changed their accounting software and she didn't like it, so she left. And they've gone through three employees in six months. And like, this isn't working. So they bought us in. Um, they want us to work in-house and say, I'll come in a day a week, but that's not how we work. And over time, they sort of gather, gather the trust. And for them, we, we replace their whole finance function. So we make the supplier payments. Um, we chase the debtors for them and say the VAT and all that. So that's what we want to do is, is to sort of target those larger clients and, and provide a full service. Amazing. Amazing. So, Dave, as like the CEO of the business, um, I, I think Kath's just asked, is she a director? Uh, is Becky a director and shareholder too? Or are you? Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're equal is. shareholders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, at, with this role, 
you know, how do you split the CEO tasks and does Becky take on any of those or is that all on you? So how do you, uh, is as you're leading with, because it sounds like you're like the, like the lead on the bookkeeping and operations, how mm -hmm. do you split your time up so that you're not bogged down in the business and you get time to work on the business and get those new leads in? Yeah, sure. So the last few months, we have been a bit bogged down the business because we've had the staffing issues and trying to bring people on board. And we've had to get to a certain level to be able to afford that next step of employing people and the costs involved. Um, but yeah, generally, Beck will do the sort of the social media stuff. So the, the, the LinkedIn, uh, the Facebook, all that sort of thing. Um, and we've just introduced uh, Zero Practice Manager, which we've had no, we've sort of toyed with different practice management softwares, but not really got to grips with one yet. So she's going to take control of that. So look at the tasks and then delegating those to the staff members. So uh, I guess the aim is that over the next sort of six months to a year, it should become more of like the office manager. So she'll run the day-to-day -day of the business. Whereas I'm the one that goes out there and, and is more the, the front face-to-face -face with the clients. I do the networking. I think it's really good to know like your strengths and who who brings what to the table. I mean, it's even, even you know, with Joe and I, the way we divide work up and um, decide who's going to do what, it's really important. And it does take, it takes time, doesn't it, to know, like you sort yeah. of fall into your role, don't you? Um, do you, like, do you have, I think one of the things, I don't know if, like in your business as well, Joe, you know, I guess you have to have those like defined roles. It's really easy to keep it informal when it's a family business, isn't it? And just be like, oh, someone will pick it up. So do you have that like structure in terms of like, this is yours, this is mine? Uh, yeah, I mean, we we definitely did. We had to because um, especially when what happened, especially when you're both bookkeepers, uh, you know, me and my sister, we'd both go into zero and then she'd like, what? Oh, I was going to reconcile that because I knew this. And I was like, right, OK, this isn't <laughs> work. We're, we're both, you know, both doing it. And what we decide, you know, you've got to treat it exactly like you have, Dave, and like delegate and or have allocated tasks. And you do have to see yourself, you know, you have to get that you know the vision of the um how the business would look if it was multi multi-million who's going to be there who's going to be sales and marketing who's hr who's it who's who's sitting in these seats and you might be wearing the hats or sitting in multiple seats at the beginning you know on day one day you were sitting in all the seats that was, yeah, it was you you were doing everything but slowly as you bring people in and this is where it's really good that you are listening to where their skill sets are, where they find more joy. It's it's like, yes, have an understanding of all of the things, but where where are you best, where's the best seat? Where are you going to be happy? Um, so that's that's really good. And it is interesting that the person that starts the business does tend to be the best sales and marketing. You know, it's with regards to, you know, going and speaking to the clients and selling that. And it sounds like you yours and Becky's roles are very similar to what you and me are very similar Marie was the same practice management mm -hmm. and doing those kind of making sure that it's all flowing behind the operations kind of director eventually yeah. um, I think it's hard to be both sales and marketing and operations director you know and make decisions it, it yeah, is hard definitely. it's really good to have somebody else um it, so I think it took, you, took a long time to get to get to that stage it's like I, mm. I've never been much of a public speaker at all so I first went along to a network group I'm a member of the local BNI chapter and the first time I went so oh geez don't want to do this and then I've sort of been there just every year now and it's just a natural thing that you give you your 45 seconds talk every week and I said to Becky at the start so are you going to come along now it's holidays no not not going to talk in front of anyone no not, not at all 
but, yeah. but then sort of in, in the longer term picture, like you say, about planning. So our goal is in the sort of next 12 to 24 months is to grow to about 10 or 12 staff in the practice. So my role will then just be sort of the, the sales role and the sort of the month end, sort of the, the more detailed um, sort of end of month reporting, cash flow, budgeting, that sort of thing. Um, or as Beck will step back and just sort of run the office. Um, and, and the aim is then to have pods so that maybe two or three um, staff understand the core clients. So if one's off sick or holidays, someone else can pick it up. And that's how we sort of envisage the business over the next couple of years. That sounds exciting. So how many clients do you have at the moment? Um, I'd say we're around about 60 at the minute. Okay. And when you envisage that team of 12, like how many clients do you need to have to get like, to be able to support a team of that size? Um, I'd say around about 150 mark. Yeah. Interesting. That's, yeah. yeah and are you, <laughs> sorry, are you working towards like having a certain type? So, you know, you said you have this full like finance function, but you also yeah. said you've got the odd ones that are just, um, annual like tax returns, smaller clients. Mm -hmm. Is it a case that when you envisage the 150 clients that they're all more like the finance function ones? And is that what you're aiming for? Or are you aiming to build up on both? Um, we are aiming for the bigger clients, yeah, because it, just from a business point of view, they are more profitable. You can spend the whole day and just really get stuck in and, and get um, a load of work done uh, and really get involved with it. Whereas with the smaller ones, it's a dip in, half an hour here, half an hour there. Um, so, yeah, the, the bigger clients is what we're aiming for, but we're also not going to sort of let go of the smaller ones, I guess. But it, it could come to the point where we have a team member who their job is just to sole traders, possibly. Yeah, that's interesting. And one of the things I, I'm coming back to is you, when you see yourself as the sales and marketing person and doing the month end things and analysis, how can you plan to remove yourself from that? And that's, you know, mm -hmm. something as business owners, I know it's it's not something that's going to happen straight away, but have you got a plan for the future to do that? Um, one of the things that we've got in place is as we bring new staff in that, that we encourage them to get qualified and do more qualifications. So we found when we've employed, there's very few actual qualified bookkeepers. There's a lot of people who've been accounts assistants who've sort of gone into an industry and learned it on the job as such. Um, so we're offering all, all the staff to do the qualifications, whether we stay on the ICB route or whether we switch to AIT, I'm not sure right now. But yeah, it's, it's to eventually train someone that can replace me. Um, it is difficult to let go. And I still find that now, there's clients that I've always dealt with and, and Becky's like, can I help you? No, it's mine. <laughs> I'm dealing with it. But it's, it is really difficult to let go and I'm sort of slowly getting used to that. And especially as we get staff members on, they're sort of forced into that choice. It's like, right, we need to give some of this work away so we can concentrate on growing the business. Yeah, it's it's so true, Dave, because yesterday we was talking about the mindset you need to step away of being an employee and maybe talking to your client and your family about setting up as a business owner and all of that kind of mindset shift. And then you get into that flow and you're, you're a business owner and you're doing the work and you're looking after the clients. And then there's the next mindset shift of, oh, I've got to give up and relinquish some of this control and trust other people with this work. That's a whole nother journey. In its, yeah, in, and, and I get it. It's hard. Do you know what's really interesting? It, and then there's another thing later on. So what you're talking about next 
all of a sudden, when the work starts getting done, and when you focus on the um, the processes and the systems, and it's working, you get to a point where you're like, I like this. This is nice. People are doing the work. My clients are actually happier than when I was looking after them. Um, I could get really used to this. How can I remove myself even more? So it's really <laughs> funny. Or that's what I noticed is like I find the bit you're in. I I really struggled. I was like, no, I'm the only person that can do this really well. But then when I realized that there were people out there better than me and they do it well and I can just bring in the leads, I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is good. So it's um there's all these journeys that we go on, you know, with confidence and things, but we we forget about this little bit where relinquishing the control is actually really, really tough because you've worked so hard to get those exams and you only did that a really little while ago. So mm -hmm. you're like, why do I want to give this bit up when I've worked so hard to get here? How yeah. how can how do you help yourself get over that? <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? And there's things I'm learning all the time. And um, it's like the client that we're quoting for at the minute. Um, they've got import VAT, which we've never had to deal with before. Um, so it's something now I'm going to have to go and learn a bit about, which I quite enjoy. But then it's like, okay, well, I've learned this now. I don't want to pass it on. <laughs> it, it is really difficult, but um, I think it's just working with your team and having those conversations on, on what they can do and trusting them a little bit and working with them rather than just going, there you go, crack on with it. It's um, when you meet clients and, and you have those discovery calls or those in-person meetings, they it feels like you've got that connection with them and you want to be able to set you what you you know you're having those conversations like don't worry I've got it we'll you know we'll do x y and z and you want to do x y and z don't you so I and it's like your baby your business yeah. it's like another child um how so how have you found you were talking about hiring a team and training people I know people are finding recruitment really difficult at the moment how have you found it in terms of finding people who are the right fit for you um, yeah, very difficult. So um, we, we started off, um, we took on a, a recruitment agent to take on a member of staff and we found someone who seemed great. She came and did, did two days and then left. Um, so it seemed a great fit, did a couple of days in the office, seemed really good. We took her out for lunch on the second day. We've got a little restaurant upstairs in the office and, and seems to be going really well. And then, yeah, after a long weekend away, she's like, yeah, my head's not in the right space right now. I was like, okay. That's fine. And in the meantime, we're taking on more new clients. So we have to start the process again. Um, and we've found a lady who's, who's going to start, but she can't start. It was like a two month notice period in her current job. So she can't start till October. But fortunately, she said to us that she can do a couple of days, uh, sorry, a couple of hours a day between now and then. So that's sort of helping to bridge the short term. Um, but it has been quite difficult. Um, yeah. The other, the other lady we got was quite fortunate. Again, going back to the BNI group and part of, um, sort of shared there that we'd had the staffing issues, and there was a guy who's like, "Oh, I've got this lady who works for me. She's she's done our accounts for years. She used to be full time, but she got that good at what she does. She's done herself out of the, the hours now. So there's only a part time role available. So it'd help both of us if she could do a bit for you in the meantime. So, yeah, a little bit fortunate on that one. It's interesting, isn't it, that how the people that you talk to about getting new clients can help support you get new staff as well. And it's just about relationships and connections in business. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. It, you know, Absolutely. you can find, yeah, you can find people. And, and I think that's why exactly what you're talking about there, Dave, is um, I've, you know, recently in my practice, June time, we lost a full-time member of staff. 
And we ended up taking on three people to replace her because we were growing. We were already understaffed with her full time. And then people wanted to come in part time. So we ended up taking on three members of staff. And then one of them left after two weeks. So I get it. It's not it's not easy. And that's why I ended up having a bit of a mixture of a team of employed and subcontracted so that those subcontracted people knew that it wasn't um, like a long term guaranteed. And if I found the right employee that wanted that long term and that they after a little while, but I had that. That's how. That's how that's how I've managed to do it. That's how I've managed to do it. Like have a bit of a mixture of employed and subcontracted because then everybody kind of it's just helped me build up that those foundations and um, and the subcontractor knows that they're there to help me out of a sticky spot. But yeah. I could grow in the meantime and it might end up being a bit longer. And that that's kind of that's kind of helped. Yeah, we've done that recently. Um, there's a lady not too far from us and um, she took on some of our self-assessment work and um we've got a new client sort of a bit of catch-up work and she took that on for us on a subcontract basis so it's just sort of helped us to get through this period um and she's always there as a bit of a backup if we're having a bit of a quiet quiet period staff wise we can go you go can you take some of this office um and again the lady who's part-time um she's not set hours so again if we get like a, a new client comes on with a bit of catch-up work we can go here you go just a bit more work for you this week yeah it's really important to think about that like short-term fix and it's really I think that's a really great thing about success lounge as well isn't it like we know we got a lot of people here who we do see work moving around within the group and I think it's yeah. fab to have people you can call on at any time um, and I think these this earlier stage is probably the most difficult because if, if we take on someone full-time we get her sort of calendar full if you like with work and then she leaves suddenly like, oh geez we're now doing four persons with, with three of us um but as that gets bigger so so we get to 10 and one leaves then it's nine people doing 10 so it's not as difficult to manage so i think it is that sort of mid-range struggle if you like yeah yeah that's it what other kind of what other kind of um issues have you had as you've grown so we've talked about staff um it seems mm-hmm. like because you are you know you've got this good referral network with bni you've got social media it seems like you've got your marketing and then referrals from your current clients it seems like you've got this kind of good steady flow of marketing and sales that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you found like creating systems and processes because you're so new at it yourself um, and obviously you've just got your practice management and I know you said Becky's going to be helping and I actually, do you know what, I think what's great and actually what I think people don't realise is such a benefit that when you're so new to bookkeeping, when you're writing systems and processes, you're thinking of the things that maybe when you're a bit, you've been down, you've experienced, you miss the steps that are needed. I've, I've always found that, you know, when you've done things for so many years, you forget that there are these extra steps that actually you're really helpful to a new member of staff. How have you gone around about like um, passing on the way that um, you want to do things in your business how have you gone about doing that? The way that you want things done in your business, how have you made that a system process for your team? Um, it's taken a while. We, we've sort of tried things quite a few times. Um, and and it, was, it was really just writing down everything step by step. So yeah. literally getting a spreadsheet and going, okay, so on this task, how are we going to do this? And it's not the same for every client. And I think that's where we've probably got lost with, practice management systems before because you go, well, a bookkeeping role should have this, 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 and this. As that's not always the case, and it doesn't always suit your business. 
Um, so yeah, it's about sort of dissecting and going back and, and looking at each client individually, really. And that's the thing. I mean, you can obviously practice management tools are amazing, but at the end of the day, it's about getting out of your head and getting it down somewhere. Yeah. And the practice management tools can come at a later date. Can I ask about um, proposals and letters of engagement? How um, and like, so you're on a sales call because you've obviously been very good at converting and like to grow this quickly, get 60 clients. You know, you've done a really, really good mm -hmm. job at getting people. Do you? Um, what, do you have a discovery call? Do you meet them in person? Do you give them a proposal then and there? Does it come later? What's what's that system like for you? Um, okay, so yeah, we normally start for the discovery call, whether that's a Zoom or whether it's just a phone call. Or it can be an in-person, depending on, on the client. Um, but we use GoProposal. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have that first chat. Have, have a word of the client about the information we need. We'll get back for a second meeting normally. To, to run through the, the details and then yeah we we try the same day if we can just get that good proposal quote back across to them um i think i've tried again it's a work in progress i've sort of followed james asked for quite a while in the selling to serve process um and, and it's it's something we try and use it's not perfected as such but yeah that's the sort of process with it to follow yeah so from what I'm learning from that is that like nothing's ever perfect. Like, you know, it sounds like your practice no. management system isn't quite perfect. Your recruitment system isn't quite perfect. Your sales and marketing, yeah. you, you've got it out there and your, you know, your discovery call proposal, it's not perfect, but it's there. And that's, and that's really important to know, isn't it? As when you're starting out, because sometimes we can be perfectionists and think, well, I'm not going to take that next step until that's perfect. And actually, um, I think what does James Ashford say, like version one's better than version none or zero or whatever, you know, Absolutely. like just get started and go out there because you always love that cat in perfect action. Yeah. Actually it's about taking action. Yeah. It's not about perfect action. It's imperfect action, moving forward. And that it sounds like Dave, you've really done that along the way. Not, I don't want to call you imperfect. That sounds a bit like derogatory <laughs> and I don't mean that, but it, but it shows the growth you've made. Like you've had massive growth, massive success, loads of things, but you're not saying this is perfect, this is perfect. This, it's like actually all of it could do with a bit of work and I'm still working oh, yeah, on it, massively, which is so. refreshing. Yeah, yeah. So with XPM, it's something we've wanted to do for a while and we're lucky we've got contacts with a local university. So that's had a student that's come in and implemented XPM for us. But we know it's not perfect and we know it's going to take time to get used to. And, and, and Becky's great. So, oh, yeah, this is on XPM now and I'm still, I'm still doing this. I need to get over this. So it is something that's going to take time to develop. Um, but, but, yeah, I think in the early days, well, oh, we can't do that. It's not ready yet. But we, we have learned just to go, come on, let's just get on with it. Um, and we learn, we develop and we keep changing things. So we've got plans to try and automate the onboarding process more. So as soon as... Um, we get the Wahoo from Go Proposal. There's a link then to AML, so that's done automatically, which then sends out a questionnaire to the client. So all that's done, taken care of. But then at the minute, it's oh, what comes next, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. Who's done this? So yeah, everything's still a work in progress. 
yeah and 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 actually that keeps you flexible and adaptable doesn't it as things change um yeah it oh david it's amazing to hear from you and I'm, like so many people are feeling really inspired from hearing about your journey and i i definitely am every time i speak to you i'm like wow like david's doing amazing things um how can people connect with you dave and find out more and follow along um so i'm on linkedin um both individuals dave shannon also as driver head bookkeeping um, and on Facebook as well, Driver Head Bookkeeping. Perfect. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. We're going to be back in just over an hour if you're here for Bookkeepers Bootcamp. We'll see you in a little while. Um, yeah, thanks for being here and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Bookkeepers podcast. Why not join us in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club at sixfigurebookkeeper.club or visit our website, sixfigurebookkeeper.com.